Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is uh, America. Welcome to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant as we build the bridge daily throughout our great nation right here on Red State Talk Radio, which is, of course, the largest talk platform in uh, the country. And uh, 12 noon until 2 p.m., uh, 12.05 until 2 p.m. Eastern daily. Come along with us and help us build that bridge. Be sure to go to FreedomWorks, freedomworks.org, uh, and become a part of a movement that is, in fact, affecting the very landscape of our nation in a most secure and positive way. Securing the rights of liberty and our republic. Well, uh, friends, this is where um, we are. Um, (laughs) We're at a point, and we've been leading up to this, for a long time now, you're just beginning to see it happen. I don't think that you ever thought that this could happen, did you? You didn't think it happened, did you? That you would actually begin to see the turning of fundamentals. The actual, not the chipping away, not the chipping away. It's been chipped away at for a while, but it's so hard. It was so set in that the stone could not be turned. It could not be moved at all. But today, you find that you are having hearings about how to um, bring down police forces or modify police forces. Friends, let me tell you something. If we do not break out of this, we can have it both ways type of mentality, we will surely uh, ruin what was once the greatest opportunity for mankind's uh, future existence on this earth. To have a place of opportunity, we will have destroyed it. It would have gone away. And, and, and for those of you who don't think that America can go away, it can go away. And it, you're, you're witnessing segments of it vanishing as we speak. That's what I was talking about the other day when I was on my good friend, uh, Sean. Sean and I have talked about this particular subject. <clears throat> over the, <clears throat> pardon me, 
in the last eight years, eight, nine years that I've known him, we have talked about this. And even we are surprised that it has come to where we are, where Americans in large numbers actually believe that they can have it both ways and that we can actually judge an entire organization by the actions of a few. You see, that is like judging humanity through the lens of a Mussolini or a <clears throat> a Stalin, pardon me. It, it, is, it is like judging the whole prism of humanity through a handful of truly, truly evil individuals that have lived on this earth. When you want to dismantle a fundamental like police forces over the actions of a handful of dysfunctional people, then you bring to bear the uh, chance that you are going to be judged yourself just as harshly. You have passed judgment on all based on some. That was the most unfair thing back when I was in elementary and high, junior high school, I guess. When all of us would get penalized, a recess or a break or whatever, a trip, or whatever, because of this knucklehead. Are you hearing me? <clears throat> and, and pardon me. And that is what, boy, you know who I, I sound just like my grandfather. Oh, man. Uh, and I was about his age when he started doing that. I don't know. But anyway, anyway uh, we have placed ourselves in this situation where it will be lose, lose for those who have been exploited by progressives so-called, they're truly communist, they're truly uh, socialist, they're anti-American, they're Democrats. I would not like to think that all of the people who I know to be Democrats are what I have just described, but how can you be otherwise and still embrace the platform that the Dems are putting out? I was watching the... Um, statement of the Minneapolis police chief. I want to give you a case in point, having it both ways. Give, you, give it to you a case in point. If you get a chance to look at his interview before the press today, giving an account for his actions during the riots, you will see a black man, not a white man, not a white man. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, 
the protesters. Initially, uh, you saw black faces, and then Antifa showed up, Antifa showed up, and you began to see younger white faces. Okay? And the word came to all of us across America that uh, it had been, the order had been given to let them do what they're going to do. The cops should basically stand down and let the looters and the rioters riot and loot. And what you saw in the interview of this police chief in Minneapolis today was no less than an attempt to have it both ways. An attempt to cover his behind while trying to explain why you allowed the force of order in our community, whatever community you live in right now. I'm not talking about the black community, I'm not talking about the white community, I'm talking about in our society. The, 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 the agent of order in our society is who we have employed to be our police officers. Now, if in fact you uh, want to have milk toast police officers in your community, then you have every right to do that. And you have every right to find out how that works out for you. You really do. I know that I can call the police in my city right now. And the response time is almost immediate. It doesn't have to do with, uh, the uh, part of town you may live in or, or, or whatever, it might. But I have known uh, police to respond even quicker in uh, inner city neighborhoods. Because they're always there. They're just floating around mine. You know. But you, you can't have it both ways. You, 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 listen, God could not have it both ways by giving us the uh, ability to choose and to make choices and to create, to destroy on our own. God could not have it both ways. He could not have us be perfect and totally in tune to what he has to say to us and then have us to be a free moral agent at the same time. You couldn't have it both ways. That's what being f free and having liberty is all about. Which, which of course, uh, we, we'll talk about that. Uh, Michelle, we have to get Dr. McMillan back on the air. It's McMillan time. It's time to have Dr. McMillan back on because her favorite topics are liberty and freedom. Two very different concepts, actually. A part of the same pod, but two totally different concepts to be acted upon individually and in two different ways so let's get let's get uh dr mcmillan uh marlon dr marlene back on with us <clears throat> she is um, i just absolutely love her <laughs> yes i do now let me let me say this to you bad politicians bad preachers there's been bad firefighters. Hey, bad wives and husbands, children, 
Oh, yeah, there's bad children. <laughs> I don't have them. I don't have bad children. My children are good, good children. I'm so proud of my kids, grandchildren as well, all of them. But let me tell you this. They're going to be who they are. The old adage goes, fish going to swim. Right? They're going to be who they are. And many times they are who you have uh, programmed them to be, either personally or what you have exposed them to. If the television has raised your child, then you have a difficulty. And uh, in, in some situations, that's almost uh, the way it has to be. I understand that. But that's also a price. There's also a price that we have to pay when this occurs. And so, friends, we can't have it both ways. We must pay attention to who it is we are hiring as our police officers. And if there are methods and practices that are being used just on common Joe lawbreaker that should only be used on Jesse James or, you know, you know, uh, Ted Bundy or whatever, you know, you, you get the, you get the picture. It's a, it's a huge difference. And even though uh, a crime is a crime is a crime, there are degrees in it. And even though sin is sin is sin, there are degrees of, uh, of sin. I just don't count, uh, lying, uh, about uh, your grades in college, and there's no sense in me lying about mine. Everybody knows I was a C student. <laughs> so, I, I, me and George W. Bush, basically the same types of grades. One goes on to be president. The other, well, here you have it. <laughs> but, You can't have it both ways. You're going to be who you are. That cop who killed George Floyd, that's who he is. And there are people in your world that are just like him. You don't know it until you know it. But how do you know you can't in so many instances. It's a part of being human. It's a part of our lifestyle. That type of deception is. But when we say that uh, all of humanity needs to be shaken up and torn down and reordered because of the actions of this man, I was saying the other day on, uh, on Hannity, I was on for the full hour with him. If you uh, get a chance to go back and check out that podcast, check it out. Um, it's the 8th of this month of June. And I was saying this, and, and I, I believe this. I, in fact, I know this to be true. Because I'm the former president of the NAACP Garland, Texas. I have seen both sides of the street, but I could never have it both ways. You can't live on both sides of the street. And that's what 
they're trying to do with this. And I'm going to get back to that Minneapolis police chief and trying to see why uh, here today. He, he's not going to be able to have this both ways. And if he does, he's going to get trampled and booted out of his position because he's weak. And situations like this will not suffer weakness. You have to be strong. And that's why I admire uh, the president uh, the way I do, because even in the midst of people screaming for him to tamp it down, he's still going to be who he is, still going to be strong, even if it's to a detriment. I'd still err on the side of strength. But I was saying this the other day. This is not about the death of a black man. It's not about uh, how a black life matter. No. This is about a visual of a white man who happened to be a cop killing a unarmed black man. And that visual is an emotional visual, but it is a tool as well to help progressives, the socialists, the communists, Democrats, promote an idea that really does not exist in total and in true spirit. And that is the preservation of black life. If that were so, then you would have massive outrage weekly over the deaths that occur in Chicago if this was about a black life. No, this was about a visual that the uh, socialist communist Democrats are able now to use as a tool to capture, recapture, secure a black vote that was slipping away from them rapidly. Until this occurred, until this occurred, the black vote was slipping away rapidly from the Democrat camp. Corona hit. Black people who were working were being told by their pastors and community leaders to stay home. So the job that was there, gone. And then start burning down cities right as coronavirus is going away. If a person were inclined to be a conspiracy theorist, this would be a great time to jump on that wagon, although I am not. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes with more C.L. Bryant's show. Don't you go anywhere. Be right back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA, and that it truly is all because of people like you, and even though there are things going on that are, in fact, disrupting and have disrupted in a major way our American life and lifestyle, beware of fundamental change. That was the mantra going in of Democrats. Well, we're looking at 11 years ago now when Obama was elected president, 12, nearly 12 years ago when Obama was elected president of the United States. The mantra going in was fundamental change. Yes, we can. And I don't want you to think, don't ever think that that goal of achieving that fundamental change has gone away. No, you are seeing the progression of the different direction that it has taken over these last few years. They, they could have done it very easily. And I, I hope you see how easily this could have been done. Can you imagine what would have happened to our country? Uh, and there, there's a lot of uh, scenarios that, that we could give, but let me, let me give this one. If Hillary Clinton had been elected president of the United States and this pandemic broke out the way it did and the country was uh, given the directive by medical professionals to shut down. And the liberal cities that you're run by liberal mayors and governors, uh, states and, and, and cities that are run by liberal mayors and governors, they were chomping at the bits to send everybody home and become very tyrannical about their exercise of their authority over a captured, subdued, and corralled people. That is what we were seeing happening. And joining me now is someone who I really believe can help expand this conversation. Captain Black, Nadja Enzi is my special guest. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show, Captain. How are you? What's up, my American bro? <laughs> it's good to hear, hear from you. You know I'm back in the state of Louisiana, up here in North 
Louisiana. I'll be here at least, uh, well, for a couple of months anyway. But Nadra, you and I talk about this all the time. We've talked about this mm-hmm. for years now. And I want you to, I want to get your take on what it means to defund, to eliminate policing in communities that you and I are familiar with. Thank you very much. Here's what it means. Roll the clock back to the bad old days where a black victim of homicide, burglary, aggravated assault, what have you, wouldn't have that crime investigated because he was on the wrong side of the railroad tracks. Now fast forward to our so-called enlightened 21st century, and now you're saying that police officers who want to investigate crime wherever it happens, now you want to tell them, well, we need to cut your budget. Maybe we don't have, maybe we have too many of you. So what it means to communities like ours, working class black communities is our voices and our victims will not get the response that they deserve. Now, I don't know how this is supposed to be progress, but that's the fine print of a lot of these funding proposals. Or you could take it a step further, like the Minneapolis City Council, and vote to disband the police department. Now, legally, I don't think they can do so, overnight at least, but it makes a nice talking point. But again, for black folks who complain about not having enough police available for slow police time, if your agency gets defunded, you're going to have a lot more to complain about. Absolutely. Absolutely. They will. Nadrenzi is my uh, special guest, Captain Black. He is a part. Nadra, tell, give, you know what? I have always been the one to introduce you and so forth. I just want, before we go in, in any further, I want you to tell folks who Nadra Enzi is. Captain Black, talk to us. You got it. I am a participant with Project 21, which is a national conservative leadership network of uh, the National Center for Public Policy Research. Individually, I'm a grassroots security consultant, which means I work with concerned citizens neighborhood associations, businesses, and others within their comfort zone to address safety and quality of life issues. Because I always believe the people closest to the problem are the ones best positioned to address the problem. And been doing this for a little over 20 years, first starting in Savannah, Georgia, my hometown, and now I'm here in Gotham City, which is my nickname for New Orleans. (laughs) New Orleans, Gotham City, I like that. You know, Nadra, let, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Nadra. You were talking about uh, how black people would suffer if the police were taken away, the presence, uh, the ready presence of the police were taken out of the black community. Let me ask you this about privatization, I, because that that's exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The police force mm-hmm. will become a privatized uh, entity, and people who can afford to live in neighborhoods where the neighborhood community can hire police. It will become a new class. Are we seeing a new classism rising here? I mean, we're seeing a new classism, but I will say this. And your friends at Freedom Watch might like this. There are libertarian and constitutional conservative alternatives. If this somehow became the rule of law in a number of states, then it would be only fair that low-income communities would have to receive tax credits in order to either hire private security 
or you have to contract directly with police departments to contract directly with them if your publicly funded option is being reduced. So let's turn the, the narrative on our friends on the left who want to defund police departments. And if they're successful, tell them that, well, no, you're going to have to, out of your coffers, you're going to have to pay for either security professionals or privately detailed police professionals since you've defunded our departments. And since, ironically, our defunded departments now are being overwhelmingly employed, as you said, by higher-income Americans. So, yeah, there's definitely a concern about a new classism coming. But remember, now we're dealing with elite liberals. They will be protected. Every congressperson knows that their defunding scheme will not include the Capitol Police who protect them. Sure. Absolutely right. And you know, Nadra, uh, Captain Black, when I talk uh, to police officers, and I have in the last month uh, made it a point to get uh, an idea of what's on the minds of uh, mm-hmm. the men and women in blue. And it, many of them, and I, of course, never will mention any names, but I'm talking about over a few states that I've been in, many of them actually uh, would not mind becoming private police forces in various communities because they know that they could probably demand and have more money. This is something that may actually create a situation in this country that would actually be uh, detrimental just by the nature of where it's going. But guess what your your next show will be then we'll give it a year if not a few months if some of this comes true. Liberals crying lack of police in their communities. This, that's what's, you know, this is the catch 22. The elite have the idea, but the grassroots are the ones who pay for it, literally and financially. Does a person like Al Sharpton or the mayor of New York or Jesse Jackson or any elitist, black or white, do they have to worry about the police being taken away? Do they have to worry about it? Absolutely not, because, hey, in the case of de Blasio, as long as he's mayor, he's going to have NYPD as a, his executive protection. And with the Reverend Sharpton and Jackson, they get VIP reception from law enforcement wherever they go, and I'm sure they have their own private security. Yeah, they do. So, you can't yeah, get down so Jesse's elite, street. Not much is going to change. Yeah. So for the grassroots, everything could change. Yeah, yeah. And folks, that's the reality of it. Now, uh, Nadra, we have about, in this, I want you to stay with me through the break, uh, about six sure. minutes left, uh, eight minutes left in this break, in, in this uh, segment here. I want to talk about this coronavirus thing and the effects that it has had before this thing hit. And uh, we were talking about black businesses booming. We were talking about black people working, Latinos working, women having Mm -hmm. opportunities they hadn't had in 60 years. We were talking about all of this happening. Suddenly, suddenly, you have the brakes put on that type of booming prosperity across the board. And somehow Donald Trump is being blamed by the progressives and the uh, socialist liberals for the, the party ending. I, I, I have not yet been able to find out or, or, or decipher to myself how you could come to that conclusion. Do you see any sense in that? Well, it doesn't make sense, but here's a rationale. 
through a purely partisan perspective, this is their opportunity to use people's legitimate desperation as a hammer against the incumbent president. Look at what you did to the economy. Now, here's a catch-22. With the information put before him, at least at the time, if you didn't encourage a shutdown, and if governors and mayors and their equivalents didn't do so, and if this thing was even, if this thing were as deadly as it were projected to be, then if you had a couple million people dead, how much complaining do you think you would get? Big time. Uh, it, look, listen, they would have tarred they would have actually stormed the White House. <laughs> they would have stormed the White House. It had tarred and feathered it. Political. And, yeah. and just imagine, and if the George Floyd tragedy had happened in the wake of that loss, yeah, we, we, would, we wouldn't even be able to use any other word but a civil war would have erupted in America. So, yeah, this is definitely people playing politics and, as usual, with other people's lives and livelihoods. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, you mentioned uh, something that I think many of us forget uh, here in our nation, and, and that is we are the only nation that's ever had existed to gone to war with itself over a creed that all men are created equal. And the government that uh, was wanting to, of course, give its creed states' rights as well. We actually won that battle, folks. America won that one because we were true to what's written on paper about us. But right now, Nandra, you have uh, young people who have no clue what the 60s or 70s were like, but yet they want to take us back there. What is that about? Look, it's about disruption. It's about the destruction of the middle class, the Judeo-Christian ethic, and everything else that made the country what it is. You know, you've got people who are legitimately agreeing to call it in the middle. You've got professional domestic terrorists on one end. And ironically, particularly with the George Floyd situation, you've had unity between liberals and conservatives like I've never seen in the past decade or so on this issue. So, of course, you know that agitators have to try to disrupt that unity. So, you send in your, your paid thugs. They vandalize black communities without invitation. They vandalize business districts within or adjacent to black communities without permission. And then they go on about their married business and leave us to pick up the pieces. I want to continue with Nadra Enzi. After the break, uh, uh, when I, I want to talk to you, uh, Nadra, about the word police and uh, the, the word Nazis. You and I uh, have been called all types of uh, names and so forth because of our political positions and, of course, our love for the Lord as well. And I never thought that black people would actually attack black folks for talking about Jesus, but it's happening, folks. <laughs> it's happening, and and uh, never 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 thought I, I'd see that, but it's happening in this country. And I want to talk about how is it that that if we use a word like you just used a little bit ago, and I use it all the time too, to describe uh, who they are, thug, a thug, a, a thug is a thug is a thug, a hooligan is a hooligan. It's the same thing, I guess. I don't know. 
But why is it that uh, we are blacks? And we still have about uh, three minutes. Yeah, I want to jump into this right okay. quick, and then we'll pick it up again. Why? Why is it we're being policed with our words these days, Nadra and Z? Well, if you police the words, then you police the mind uttering the word. And the point is that they want the general American population of any color. Because again, you hijack George Floyd protests from the black community in too many cities. You don't want people questioning you. You don't want people speaking out against you because you're establishing yourself as the new ruling class. To me, this is the latest iteration of white supremacy. Because how are the kids in the suburbs with his mommy's Amex card, his back pocket, who may not have taken bath in five months, what qualifies them to come to a black community and tell these people how they need to conduct their protests or their police community relations? By what right does he place himself as their unrequested leader? <laughs> That's racist. It, it really is. And when you look at Joe Biden uh, as well, Joe was talking to us uh, when he said, uh, uh, Nadra, that if, if you had to think about whether to vote for him or Trump, then you ain't black. I mean, Joe was yeah, talking man. to us like he owned us, right? He, t- he was Absolutely. talking Absolutely. <laughs> and in the next segment, can we please talk about how the CBC, the Confused Black Caucus, gave Timothy Claw rats to Nancy Pelosi and some of these other cops. We will talk about that, my friend. Blatantly uh, pointless and offensive displays I've seen, and I've seen some stuff. We will talk about that, and I also want Absolutely. to uh, you to chime in on uh, how is it that every time there is a dead black body of national significance, Al Sharpton, like a vulture, comes swooping <laughs> in and flying around, hovering over the body every time. And, and, and all of these bodies in Chicago, he's not we're, He's not saying, I don't know. We, we'll talk about that, Nadra, uh, Absolutely. When, when we return. Stay with me. Don't go anywhere. Folks, we're on with Captain Black, Nadra Enzi, Projects 21, Nadra Enzi. And Nadra, be sure to tell the folks over there at Project 21 that you are a friend of mine, and uh, all of them are really great, great people. And uh, Nadra is doing a great work, is doing... Um, really fantastic job uh, and have been doing that and keeping his ear to the ground and uh, finger on the pulse of uh, his local and national community. He'll be back with me and there's much for us to talk about here in um, when we return with more of the C.L. Bryant show coast to coast and border to border. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, uh, the iconic Ripley's, believe it or not, and you will see the Red State Talk billboard about a block from where we dropped the big ball on New Year's Eve and uh, old CL Space, 24 hours a day, every hour, pops up there on the big screen. I certainly am glad that you've come along with us to build the bridge today. We will return in just a couple of minutes with Captain Black, Nadri Enzi. Was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth leaving. So you cleaned me up inside. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you on this great day in the USA and glad that you could come along with me as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here over the largest talk platform in the nation. That's Red State Talk, most listened to as well and i am glad to be on with you from 1205 until 2 p.m in the east daily right here over red state want to thank uh, loving liberty and all two other uh, terrestrial sta- three other terrestrial stations uh that uh, have us uh, there in replay and so want to um welcome back now continue our conversation with captain black nadra nz and uh, Project 21 has a great mind, and he has a great opinion. Nadra, let's talk about uh, uh, the Congressional Black Caucus. You have another name for them. Uh, Tell us why you call them that, and tell us why they've earned the name you've called them. You know, I really, really, really try to be Christian in my my public pronouncement, so maybe confused is such a bad thing, but the confused Black Caucus. You're giving Clinton clause to Nancy Pelosi. Now, I'm old enough to remember when, as a black person, wearing African attire, Kuzi's, Dashiki, any type of Clinton clause wear would make you ostracized. Local police might think you're some kind of militant. <laughs> I remember. I remember. So, you know, again, yeah, so against that level of uh, cultural buy-in and experience, why would anybody, except an ideological stooge, hate to say it, give Nancy Pelosi and these others Clinton Claus for their kneeling session? It was just late pandering. And they're getting pushback from black nationalists and black liberals with some self-respect because it was ridiculous and it was offensive. So you're there to make policy, not statements. Absolutely, absolutely, could not have been uh, said any any better. That, that's absolutely right. Let me let me say that you remember Hillary Clinton in the pulpit, black pulpits in Alabama and Georgia. Can you know? No way. That is the most racist attitude that black people actually applauded back in her day when she was campaigning. They thought that was somehow cool for her to do that. But yet they want to call you and I step and fetch it. And and and, and but that was when if if a black person applauds a white politician in a so-called so-called black pulpit who is mm-hmm. mocking and mimicking 
a black preacher, that is racist. At least by today's standards, it is. Have they forgotten? This is why black friends or elite liberals or grassroots leftists have got to hold their side of the aisle accountable also. Well, Norfolk, Governor of Virginia, parading around in blackface. He's got a D behind his name. It's okay. But you want to destroy statutes. I mean, just, again, we understand that it is a calculated scheme underneath all the ancillaries to literally tear down everything that made this country and every segment of it viable. Man, you make a, an incredible point. Let me tell you why. If Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, in a wheelchair, if uh-huh. any pictures surfaced of him in blackface, wheelchair and all would be thrown out of the, the, the capital in Austin, Texas. It would be thrown out. But like you said, the governor, Northrop, Democrat can, in fact, get away. The double standard is there. Is there a fundamental change truly occurring in this country, Captain Black? Unfortunately, yes. I mean, we're, we're not even talking about, I used to tell people in the 90s, or even before then, Republicans and Democrats may have disagreed on things, but they also commonly agreed on faith, family, patriotism, national defense. They just had different ways of approaching it. We don't have that commonality. Now you've got two warring tribes, oftentimes talking about in Congress and in political discourse, period, with very little in common. That's unhealthy for a nation. And the left side is being pushed further and further by socialist anarchists who do not want reform. They want ruin. You know, there is no, there is no policy proposal that any of these guys ever promote. But you notice as always, tear this down, tear that down, abolish this, do away with that. It is a program of destruction, period. Wow. There is no, there is no plan for getting together that they have in mind. They want to be able to do what they want, when they want to, and they expect the rest of us to bow down or kneel down and accept it. You know, uh, Nadra, the other day, uh, last week, Drew Brees came under fire for being proud of his patriot, pa- patriot father and grandfathers. And, you know, I have the same story. My father, World War II vet, grandfather, World War One, and great-grandfather, Spanish-American War. I'm proud of their service. I, mm-hmm. I, if I was Drew... And and I've said this publicly. I said it on radio and, and so forth and so on. I would have never apologized for that. What does that indicate when you begin to see that type of kowtowing that's going on well, from from people? Talk to it's political and economic intimidation. I did be wrong, but I say is probably a secret conservative. Maybe when he retires from football, he'll speak more freely about what his beliefs are, religious and political. But the man has, just like Colin Kaepernick, has a right to his opinion. Drew Brees has a right to his. He plays with all these black people. He's done all this stuff in the local community. 
but she doesn't have a right to his opinion. I can't go along with that. You know, I, I thought, you know, I grew up in a regime where if the powers that be disagree with what you said, you can face severe social and economic sanctions. I don't want that. That's not enough. He has a right to his opinion and the people who yield because of police brutality. Okay, that's their right now. And it looks like the NFL has agreed. Yeah. Because of not persuasion, but because they've been intimidated into this position. And to be fair, maybe some of them feel that this is part of racial reconciliation. I always extend hope that, however small, there may be a number of people in the elite who actually sincere, and this isn't part of some calculated strategy, but for a lot of them, it's about tearing down the country and making people weak. In the uh, next hour, we're going to have Burgess Owens, Super Bowl champ, uh, on with me, right. Burgess. And and let me let me let me ask you this: I, I really, uh, you you mentioned something that I want to get uh, your 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 take on the definition of this. What is meant by racial reconciliation, or what is meant when we're talking about? Um, uh, making uh, policing and police officers more sensitive to race. What, what is the what what is meant by that? What do you think is truly meant by that? Because talk to us. Well, all right. Here's what I truly think is meant by it. They want policemen to become blue chauffeurs. They want policemen to become punching bags. Meaning, no matter what the suspect does to you, if you use any type of force in return. You're the equivalent of an SS stormtrooper. That's what this whole thing is about. Even if you look back in the 60s and the 70s, the original Black Panthers wanted police, so they just, you know, disagree with the powers that be on the type of police. These guys on the scene now want to abolish police or if they allow them to stay. You got to be a chauffeur. You got to be a punching bag. It doesn't matter what they do to you. Just like we had an incident here. On the bridge, one of our bridges, the Pleasant City Connection, with a bunch of protesters. NOPD was there on the New Orleans side to try to stop these idiots. It could be uncharitable, but they were trying to march into Jefferson Parish. Now, the Gretna Police Department and the Jefferson Parish Police, excuse me, Sheriff's Office, two very proactive agencies that have not been watered down were awaiting them. NOPD was trying to do these people a favor, and they had to had to tear gas them because they rushed the officers. This is the mindset that we have now, and NOPD is receiving a lot of local criticism. Even though they saved these guys, but now they stepped in the Jefferson Pass for that, they were going to be dealt with according to the law, but definitely with not as much deference as NOPD has. This is what we're facing. You want police officers who don't police, who don't arrest, who undercharge if they charge, and who are, you know, public representations of the way they want all of us to be privately, which is to bow down to whatever extreme position comes out of it. Again, these dudes are not trying to elect themselves in the office. They're not trying to offer some, you know, 10-point policy program. No. They want destruction, and they want obedience. Wow. Well, the last time I looked, that's not what any of us signed up for as Americans. No. 
It's not. Nadrenzi, great to have you on. Tell the folks right quick, got about a minute and a half of how to get in touch with you. And uh, thanks so much for being on with me. You've got uh, one minute. Talk to us. You've got to visit me on Twitter at Safety Creator. That's S-A-F-E-T-Y-C-R-E-A-T-O-R, Safety Creator, on Twitter. And let us enjoy each other's company. God bless and keep you, man. Thank you so much for being on with me. Fight the good fight. I know that you will, Nader, because you are. Thank you again, brother, for being on with me. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was my good buddy, uh, Nadra Enzi, down there in the Crescent City. He calls it Gotham City, New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, and, um, hey, we talk about policing and we talk about crime and all of that. Well, of course, New Orleans has its share of of that, no doubt about it. And so um, when we look at how New Orleans uh, is going to fare, we look at that, we look at how New Orleans will fare, we have to understand that um, there are times when... You have to make up your mind that you are tired, that you've had enough. Can you understand what I'm, you dig you understand what I'm saying? You, you, you've, you've had enough. You see, enough sometimes is just enough. And America, when we look at how we arrived here, this coronavirus, and then this idiot uh, kills uh, George Floyd. And then you find that there are people who are wanting to exploit this for political reasons. You just had enough. You just have enough. But listen, uh, I want to uh, encourage you to stay around. Burgess Owens will be on with me. Yeah, after the top of the uh, news hour, after the news hour, former Super Bowl champ Burgess Owens, um, and I'm going to give him a chance, just like I gave my good buddy Captain Black, a chance to introduce himself. I'm CL, CL Bryant Show. We'll return in just a couple minutes. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. 
Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains to the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The uh, greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is uh, America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Coming up here in about 30 seconds a minute, I have uh, Burgess Owens on the line with me, and uh, he is going to share with us his thoughts, insights on uh, these current events uh, from our uh, perspective. There are questions that uh, we'll be able to ask and answer with Burgess uh, that many times uh, we uh, just don't get a chance to talk about because folks just don't talk about it. But we do right here on the show. As you know, you hear perspective that many times you just don't hear any way else. C.L. Bryant Show, download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your favorite device hey friends uh this is what i want you to check out um the tide of black conservatives that are standing with trump my friend burgess owens is one of them former super bowl champion well not former you're always a super bowl champion he's always a winner always a child of god and a friend of mine burgess welcome back cl bryant show how are you man cl my, my pleasure buddy looking forward to chatting with you once again great burgess you know you and i we often share and talk about uh, our growing up and so forth let's talk about policing back then i grew up in a, a some sort of a small community my father was known very well in our community by whites and blacks and i never had any difficulties as a as a kid uh, growing up in our community because of him i, I do believe because of my family um so I, 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 I've never known a bad relationship with police officers in my community, although I know that there were some who had bad relationships. Uh, talk to us about the difference in uh, approach and relationship in segregated times, it, it, which for us was, you and I were old enough to know it was worse, than, than they are looking at it now. Burgess, talk to us. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, uh, the times are different. And, you know, see, it was, it was interesting. I've been getting calls from, uh, from guys, former peers, whether college or, or, or pro, that are so, so much appreciative of the, of the message that you and I are giving out there because we all grew up in that same time. And, and I think it's a, uh, it's a, um, it's a knock on our parents not to, not to explain exactly how well they did against true racism. The best thing they did was teach us about respect, period. It was all about respect. As young people, we knew how to respect elders. We understood respecting God, family, country, and women particularly. And so we, we were able to control ourselves. We got in situations because that's what really moving forward is all about, is controlling emotions, understanding it's a long game, and being smart enough to strategically figure out how can I get the best out of the situation. So but it came down to authority. We grew up thinking, I want to be a policeman. I want to be a, I want to be a fireman. That was kind of the, the, the area we grew up in. And what we have to understand, the difference what's happened now is that the lessons have done over the last few decades, three, four, I mean, six, seven decades, is to take away any understanding of what respect means for anything. They've turned, they're trying to turn our race into self-centered, uh, uh, self-centered people that everything revolves around ourselves. If you think that way, you're not going to ever be, you're not going to have the people skills to get you to help you navigate through this process called life. 
there will always be bad people. There's always good people. The good thing about our country, we have more good people than bad. That's why this is the, this is why it's the biggest attraction to people around the world. They love this American way. So, so we have to understand what this whole thing has come down to is that, and I just think about this earlier. I'm just going to segue for a little bit. Uh, you know, because, you know, we, we understand what the Democratic Party has been about. Um, the, the leadership, and by the way, this is my Democratic friend. Please open your eyes. See what's happening with your leadership. There's a lot of good people that love their country as much as we do. They just don't understand their leadership the way we do. The Democratic leadership has always been a nemesis to freedom. They've always been about bullying and, and they're cowards. They're always hiding behind something, whether it be hiding behind the, the, the white hood or the KKK. Hiding, hiding behind the uh, bureaucracy where they can, they can do their damage to everybody sees where they, where they are or uh, uh, their tenure in colleges where they turn out little kids in the boxes and nobody knows how to fire them. Well, right now they have they're hiding behind the teeth, the black mass. And the biggest thing they've done over the years, and this is something I just realized, is they hide, about, they hide behind their white skin. These people that now run our, 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 these, uh, these democratic uh, cities, where misery is going rampant, uh, where you have the, the police brutality, where systemic racism truly is, is there because they make sure that black people stay down. Here's the, here's the problem. We have something like we just have this policeman. I would love to have somebody ask him, now that he's white, is he a Democrat? Go and ask that mayor or the, or the, the prosecutor, that, the people that, that continue to put our kids into jail for, for, uh, for 10 years. I have a young man that I worked with years and years ago. It was a pro post prospect from a poor community. He got caught taking marijuana from one place to the other. They gave him a choice: ten years or uh, ten years or twenty. So he took the ten, and that's, that's that destroys. And that's what he can do. Now the question is: the prosecutor that just that, that just put a little mention this in his mouth was he a Democrat or was he a Republican? Was a judge who sits there and has no heart for these kids? But the, 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 the people who, who, who say that our kids cannot go into a good community get a good college, uh, get a good education because they want to keep them in a bad educated uh, high school. Wow. So Democrats or Republicans? That's a question we have to ask. That is a question. That is a question that must be asked. And, you know, um, Burgess, I want to uh, talk about this because when we look at, and I've talked about this on the show, I've spoken on this topic uh, around the country. Can't wait to get back out in front of the crowds, too, man. Cannot wait to do it. <laughs> no, but no. but uh, when we talk about nonviolence and the method that Dr. King used, you mentioned respect. It was all about respect. This is actually, if you want to understand the core of the nonviolent movement, what King was demanding was the respect that he knew he deserved while giving the respect that authority deserved. That's what the nonviolent movement was about. And uh, we are where we are today, not because of violence. We're where we are because King respected authority and that demanded that authority respect him. He came to cash the promissory note. Talk to us. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and, and coming through that era, I, I want to even kind of parse that a little bit more because what he did uh, is he showed discipline. He showed respect. 
we showed uh, uh, articul- an articulated people that explained exactly why they were there. And he was actually fighting for the, the image of the black race that at that time was being knocked by the Democratic Party. Uh, so so he did even, it was more that he commanded, he commanded respect, not demanded. What he did, anybody who saw that, their hearts, because they're a very empathetic country. We love, we love to, to, to reach out to the underdog. We love to serve. So across this country, black, white, uh, 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 Jews, Christian, it didn't matter what the background was. Americans turned to this, this, this mission. This, this this process and and their hearts their hearts just came out for them. So that's why that Washington Washington the march in Washington DC was such a big one. Because America's the tide was turning. And once American people start to get it and they stand up for what's right, the politicians have to have to kowtow. They have to follow their lead or they won't be politicians anymore. So that's that's what it comes down to. You're right. It was his mission and and, and I, I let me just say this the other side of this, because of the seed the seed that was planted by, 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 by that, that, that time, the civil rights era of, of God, country. That's why the, the fruit ended up being the people we have today. The other side, and, uh, the Black Lives Matter, that is, that is a different seed. It's Marxism. And the founders of Marxism, they hate our country. So what is their seed in their wake in burnt black cities? Uh, 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 death, destruction, anger. So you see, we have to understand there's a law of seed harvest. We have to look at those organizations Let me ask you this, uh, Burgess, Burgess Owens, Super Bowl champion, outspoken champion of uh, the cause of our republic and our society. Uh, Burgess, uh, before we go any further, before I ask you the next question, tell everybody how to get a hold of you and talk to us about uh, your uh, latest work. Thank you so much. I, we get so in, in this, I forget to sometimes talk about it. I'm now running for Congress uh, in the 4th District. Utah. Uh, my, my website is Burgess for number four Utah uh, dot com. And, and what's significant about this particular district, and I'm so blessed to be here, is that it's between number one, number three of both for both parties to 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 win a keep the house. Democrats must have the seat uh, to keep the house. We must have the seat to win our country. So for for, for our country, this is truly a national uh, referendum. This is a linchpin. This this county, this this district can literally find the direction of our nation to get the house back we also give the senate more backbone because they're trying to get uh, congressmen in their freshmen that's truly of our country not going to be um, a lobbyist or, per, or per permanent uh, congressman we're there to make a difference like our president is you put a, a house in order where we, we run the house put a senate in order where we have a backbone finally and the president's been doing what he's doing for the last four years you're going to see such a renaissance in our country that people will Cost the board be so excited, and guess what's going to happen with that? The, the, the anger, the strife, the division begins to die down. With success in this country, people come together. Just like the, the Super Bowl game we won, boy, we were the tightest to ever imagine because we were we're just winning, baby. And that's, that's what our country needs to do. We do that, we will solve a lot of the strife. We'll not allow the leftists to, to have the impact that we're having because we have to, we're too happy to be fighting each other. And that's what we have to get to. You know, I, I just loved uh, the owner coach that you also played for, I believe, uh, Al Davis. 
I just loved uh, him. I loved his attitude <laughs> because he had the attitude, Burgess. And he th- that attitude made y'all champions, I'm telling you. He had the attitude, just win, baby. Just win. And uh, that's the attitude that I believe this president has, Burgess. I know it's the attitude that you and I uh, have toward yeah. our our nation. Uh, when uh, we return, or we can start this conversation now. I, I want you to stay with me through the break if you can, uh, Burgess. Okay, I know sure. you're busy. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but uh, Michelle and you have preordained something, I understand. But uh, but just the same, let's start this conversation just in case I do lose you. Um, okay. e- elitist, 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 uh, black elitist. Yeah. Some of us as black people don't think that there are black elitists who are uh, deceiving us. Let's talk about that type yeah. of deception. You speak to it. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to describe uh, as black leaders in two words. I hope people remember this. When you see the, the Black Caucus, the NAACP, uh, uh, Sharpton, uh, the whole group of people, you can always just remember these two words. Poverty pimps. Okay? That's who they are. <laughs> we, had a, we had a society that I grew up in that was remarkable. I just talked to my cousin who was in Texas who, who grew up in the third ward. That's, that's just now they're now talking about. And had the same experience I did. Middle class. Between 56% of black Americans in the 60s were part of the middle class. So we had so many business owners. Everywhere around us was business owners. And when you have business owners, you have young kids growing up and say, you know what? If he can do that, I can do that. So our, our dreams were big. And then we had these people who came in that looked like us, made us promises about what they're going to do to make changes, and they sold us down the river. They're traitors. They look at their – and this is what happened with leaders. Leaders are godless. So they don't really – they can say anything they want to, but at the end of the day, it's all about their wealth, their fame, and their fortune. So we had these people who came in, put in place because their, their white Democratic leadership told them to, they got paid to do it. But it gave policies that makes it so difficult for poor to leave, leave poverty and, and join the middle class. So difficult for business owners, black business owners, went from 40% when we were growing up to now 3.8%. And by the way, that's, that's what powers the middle class, the small business owners. It made it so difficult that our, our middle class was shrunk in the middle. We now have more elitists, these, these people who could care less about anyone but themselves, they think of themselves the North Star, and they make sure they have a great big poor class that looks at them as being their God. So that's what we're fighting against. And I tell you what, with having President Trump, he's pulled back the curtain. Anyone who truly cares about the black community would have promoted, supported, and, 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 and be voting for President Trump because he did more for blacks than any president in my lifetime. The closest thing he came to was Ronald Reagan. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm sure we talk about you talk about this all the time, Cecil. But you have the the lowest unemployment in the history of mankind, or history of our country, I should say that, of black, Hispanics, Asians, women, uh, veterans, teens, and you have this is the key: have 400 percent growth in black business business ownership within two years. That is magical to any society. You have that many people have hope. They're putting their money together, they're taking risks, they want to, to service their communities and bring it around. That is the true. Uh, draw to the, back, to the middle class. Anyone who puts him down and understands those facts, they're not about black lives. It's about their own agenda. They're elitists. Absolutely. And, and those are the most, the most dangerous people we have in our country because they look like us, they talk like us, and they, they hug us around their, our shoulders and then they stab us in the back every chance they get. And folks, they have been stabbing us. I'm talking about... Now, full disclosure, and you may not get it because uh, you have this image of how a black man should sound and how... Uh, you know, but Burgess and I are both black 
men from the South who, in fact, are, in fact, conservatives and Christians above all. And um, this is the one thing that many times you are exposed to is an opinion from someone other than a black liberal who is a black elitist. Uh, We uh, are, are telling you our common experience as black men growing up in this country. And Burgess, I always uh, love having you on the show. And I want to thank you for being on with me. God bless you and, and God keep you is my prayer. And uh, tell everybody one more time how to get in touch okay. with you. Uh, it's it's BurgessToyUtah.com. You see all my friends. Anytime we do this, uh, I love the fact we have such a, a great background together as friends, of course, the same experience growing up. And we're going to make a difference. People, black and students across this country are going to let America knows that this country has been great in the past, will continue to get great, and all Americans out can truly experience the American dream. Let's just do it together and uh, and realize what it truly means. Truly means. Burgess Let's Owens. Burgess Owens, run hard, man. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, and I want to thank each and every one of you for having come along with us as we have built the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. And, um, you know, hey, let's just face it. If you want um, to take control, you have to put people who understand who you are in office. Are you hearing me? And then once there, once they are there, and I don't know if this is a first degree or second degree felony or what, I don't know, but you have to hold their feet to the fire. Okay? <laughs> They call the cops on you for that, for sure. Oh, no doubt. But you still have to hold their feet to the fire. And make sure they do what they say. Huh? If, if, if they love us like they say, why do they treat us like they do? <laughs> oh, that's, uh, what was that? What Collins? Was that Albert Collins? Yeah, that was a great song. If you love me like you say, why do you treat me like you do? <laughs> oh, Albert Collins burned it down with that one. Yeah. Great blues singer. Blake, great blues man himself he was. Yeah, I think it's Albert, Albert Collins. Um, folks, much more to talk about. Comey looks like he's going to have to answer some questions. Good. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. C.L. Bryant Show will return. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. That- you can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. 
arms are lifted high. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. Hey, let me tell you something. If you want to define absurd, oh, and I know that uh, people call themselves doing something righteous. But HBO is pulling Gone with the Wind. Uh, In fact, what should be applauded, and see, this this is how I know that black people have just totally lost their minds because they're losing touch with the evolution of the people in this country. Hattie McDaniels, who played Mammy, of course, uh, back in the 1930s when this this film was 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 made, you know, 80 years ago. Come on, when this film was made, it was the world was a different place, but it was still a great film, and it could not have been uh, as um. What's the word? I won't say it's harsh because it still was harsh in the 30s. Very harsh in the 30s. Hattie McDaniels, even though she won the Academy Award for her uh, portrayal of Mammy there in in uh, Gone with the Wind, uh, she's still black in America. I mean, yeah, she's black, black in America, okay? Well, she's still Hattie McDaniels, but the industry itself, liberal though it was and uh, definitely humanistic as it was, still recognize the type of talent it took to pull off that character that in such a mega film. And and if I'm not mistaken, I believe Hattie McDaniel was the first, the very first black actor, actress to win the Academy Award. Why would you pull that sh- movie, which is historically right? I mean, it, it's it, it's the way it was. Black folks, they may not have. They certainly look, 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 look. I grew up in the South all my life. Been black all my life. I was born in the mid mid to late in the late fifties. Okay. I grew up during the sixties and and seventies. Grew up the second half of the fifties. Okay, and uh, feel good, look great. Most people would never guess my age. Uh, doctor tells me I have the heart of an eighteen-year. I was twenty, not eighteen-year-old. That was, that was a few years ago. Uh, I'm, I'm twenty-five. I have the heart of a twenty-five-year-old now. <laughs> but as, in other words, I'm telling you that I remember when. Black folks um, would run from the other part of the house if one of us was watching television and a another black person would come on TV, colored on TV, Negro on TV, or something else on TV. <laughs> you know, you're in your own household. Come on. Come on. And, and see, that's what you don't understand about 
it's it's not the fact that you feel a certain way uh, uh, in in America as a black person. I feel like I guess I feel like everybody else. I understand that I'm black in America, but that's not an obstacle for me usually unless I make it one. But I'm become adept at removing that obstacle by making people understand from the get go that my desires, ambitions are very much like theirs, their own. What is that? What is that? It is to be left alone and me leave you alone. It is to live and let live. That is the desire. That's the ambition of every American. And we get wrapped up on the things that we cannot do anything about, and that is the past. You see, there's nothing that you can, I, I say this all the time, and uh, Dr. Dave McMillan, I have to give my good friend uh, the credit for this. He told me this story years ago now about the three-roomed house that we all live in. But the room that all of us tend to want to spend the most time in is that room of the past. You have the present and the future to visit and live in. You live in the present, but you like to visit emotionally and mentally the rooms of the past the most. Our feelings seem to be accessible in that room. And people who would want to manipulate you understand about the emotional attachments that we all have to, yeah, our past. Isn't that amazing? The emotional attachments we all have to our past. And so they manipulate our desire to dwell in the past and for black folks it is uh, very much to their detriment because uh, the past is where you don't want to be you don't want to be reminded of what we were and who we were in the past I mean just a constant reminded, m- reminder of it it's obvious it is obvious but does it do you any good to dwell on that? And that's a question you have. You truly do have to answer. Does it do you any good to dwell on that? For the most part, no, because it only uh, inflames passions and it eliminates many possibilities for your present day by you dwelling and acting on past things rather than acting toward present things. But liberals, progressive, socialist Democrats, the way they control you, the way they twist your arm is to keep you dwelling on the past. And they do it to all of us. 
HBO pulling Gone with the Wind? That's stupid. Why? It's been around for 80 years. You mean all of a sudden, with all of the leaps and bounds that we have made as a society, with Gone with the Wind showing, you mean we're going to be a better people if we take down Gone with the Wind? <laughs> do, you, do, do, you, do you see how ludicrous that is? Can you, can you even begin to understand how ludicrous that is? <laughs> A, Gone with the Wind has been showing in movie theaters and on television screens across America for over 80 years. Now, in that 80-year period, we have come from the 30s through the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way to the year 2000. With Gone with the Wind showing, even before there was an HBO. <laughs> of course, I understand that uh, in many lives that began in the 70s, who are now in their 40s, there was no life before HBO. And now they're beginning to run stuff. They're beginning to take control of messages and programming. And somehow they feel as though the opportunities they have gotten over their 40 years period of life, they just came on the scene in the 70s, happens to be the entire spectrum of human existence. <laughs> People born in the 70s, they think that all of human existence began in the 70s. Gone with the Wind was playing very well uh, in the 60s, even when King was uh, marching on Washington in the 50s when Amos and Andy uh, was done by white people on the radio, Gone with the Wind was prominent. But through it all, we have gotten to where we have gotten, even with Gone with the Wind. So what sense does it make for HBO to, to uh, disavow or to uh, denounce Gone with the Wind? Is that stupid or what? i tell you what happened. Somebody got together somewhere... In a, in a closet or broom closet somewhere. And they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to denounce Gone with the Wind. <laughs> oh, Gone with the Wind, that 80-year-old racist film. We can't abide that anymore. Is anybody really thinking about this stuff? Does anybody really put any thought to words before they, they're said these days? Oh, after 80 years of progress, racial progress in this country, even with Gone with the Wind showing in movie theaters and on TV, even on HBO, America has elected its first black president 
all of that type of thing, even with gone with the wind showing. So now let's denounce it and get rid of it so that we may be better people. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my. How ridiculous is that? How ridiculous is that? Well, I'm CL, and I certainly uh, hope that all of you can indeed get with the idea that we have been hoodwinked, swindled, and bamboozled by those who we thought we could trust. And they have been doing it for years. Something as asinine as denouncing Gone with the Wind, who gave America its first Black Academy Award winner, Hattie McDaniels. You're going to denounce her film? Yeah, I, I think Hattie may very well have something to say about that. If that were the case. Yes, she came to prominence playing the type of character she could play back in the day. But what you liberals and you elite black liberals in particular have forgotten is that it was the Hattie McDaniels and films like Gone with the Wind that paved the way for your behind to be where you are today. And you are going to stand by and let white liberals take that away from Hattie McDaniels? Are you kidding me? Just because you don't feel good about it, you're going to take that away from her? That's like taking away, um, and you and actually you 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 have disgraced it. You have actually disgraced the marches that we did because I participated in the marches in the sixties with my mother and father. But really, what you all are doing today is a disgrace. And to stand by and let so-called liberals, uh, elitist, progressive liberal elitists who know who you, you, you trust to know what's best for you, take away Hattie McDaniel's contribution to film and to America by letting them denounce and take down Gone with the Wind. You are a part of the problem. Yes, you are. You're a part of the problem. And, 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 and whoever, uh, whether they're Sean or, or, or uh, Bill, I'm talking to Bill O'Reilly and that new uh, television uh, thing that's going on here, looking to, to do some things, hopefully. You know, just depends. Because... Yeah, Fox News contributor, I could be one, but I'm just not into being, you know, step and fetch it. 
even though I know that there are many folks out there who think, oh, CL, that's, that's who he is. You know, he's an Uncle Tom. You know, he's an Uncle Stephen Fetch. I'm the farthest thing from that. I'm my own man. I'm my own man. Call my own shots. Whoever it is. I don't care who it is. It could be Freedom Works. And Lord knows I love Freedom Works. It could be Donald J. Trump. And I really, really am for this president. It could be anyone. If, in fact, they are heading down the wrong path, if they're heading down the wrong road, and they're wanting me to join them in convincing folks to come along, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to tell them I ain't going to do it. I'll step off. And you know what? I'm I'm even more, I'm even less pliable these days. And I never was very pliable because Jane had the same type of indominant spirit. But I'm even less pliable now that Jane's not gone because I always try to look out uh, for her security and everything, you know, as far as it was concerned. But um, hey, when she told me to go for it with all I have and everything within me, every ounce of strength within me, when she told me to go for it, and, uh, you know, hey, she'd be watching from time to time if she could. Uh, friends, that's what I'm going to do. going to go for it with all the gusto I possibly can uh, for the next 60 years. Yeah, that's right. Next 60 plus years. So I'm going to go for it <clears throat> with all the gusto. And when I die, they can bury me. In Shreveport, Louisiana, as some say, in my jeans. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, hey, um, this is what you are being manip- You are being manipulated, and you black folks are crazy if you let uh, white liberals take away and uh, belittle the uh, very vehicles and tools like Gone with the Wind and other shows like that who actually pave the way for you black elitists who are actors now to be where you are. You mean you're going to take that away? You're going to erase that image? You're going to take away Hattie McDaniel's Oscar? I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show back uh, with the home stretch when I return with more of C.L. Bryant Show. Don't you go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. That- you can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you.
God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA home stretch of the CL Bryant Show. Here, coast to coast and border to border around the globe via Red State. Red State Talk, largest platform. Talk platform in the nation and the most listened to. Uh, if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, the iconic Ripley's, believe it or not. And uh, the Red State Talk billboard is right above Ripley's. Every hour, the C.L. Bryan show does pop up there. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you uh, there in Times Square. About a block from where we dropped the big ball in New York City. Which, of course, uh, has its problems because they elected him. (laughs) And uh, the only good thing that I can possibly take away from uh, the New York City fiasco and the New York fiasco period is that it is bound to end with us seeing mutual political destruction between de Blasio and Cuomo. Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, and uh, Big Bird de Blasio. And Bill, de Blasio's a big fellow. But they don't like each other. Which, from my viewpoint, my vantage point, I'm glad they don't. I'm glad they don't like each other. Although the strangest thing is, New Yorkers most likely will never awaken. I mean, that's just how engulfed they are. Everything is linked to a liberal policy that is sucking the life out of the uh, city and the state's economy. Got plenty of money. Yeah, sure, they got plenty of money. But they're broke. That's the worst feeling, too. Uh, I've been there, done that. Got plenty of money, but you're broke. <laughs> That is horrible. That is horrible. Life circumstances, it happens. Things happen. But the manipulation of the black community is to keep control of the black vote. And that's what all of this is. That's what all of this, uh, you know, denouncing the uh, Gone with the movie, Gone with the Wind, an 80-year-old film. Okay, you're going to denounce an 80-year-old film. After all this time, America has made all this progress. So everything good that has ever happened for black people in this country, it has happened because, even with Gone with the Wind playing. Everything good that has ever happened uh, for black people in this country has also happened with police forces intact. Are you hearing me? Everything good has happened because of the fundamental principles that we all understand to be good for us. And the one thing that we are being manipulated into and used uh, to do is to ignore the fact that uh, human frailty is the order of any day. That's why you actually brush your teeth and comb your hair and bathe. Are you aware of that? You're not, not, there's no part of you, no no part of any of you that could be considered 
pristine or proper or nice or, or clean. You have to keep yourself that way. You have to keep yourself clean. And you have to know about being clean in order to even want to do that. Huh? You have to keep yourself the way you want yourself to be. And do you want government to regulate your personal hygiene? No, you keep yourself clean, Americans. And, and, and we have lost the um, perspective on us, on who we are, what we should be about, Americans. We've lost that perspective because we have let other people tell us what we should be about, how we should act, what we should think even. And, and that is absolutely running the sh ruling the day in this nation is the fact that there are so many people who we have elected to office who actually want to tell us how to live our lives. Now, I know that there are some uh, sheepish uh, individuals uh, and, and, and uncautious individuals, and they have their place. They actually have the right idea to be cautious. But you can't be petrified. Are you hearing me? Be cautious. But you can't be petrified. Petrified will get you uh, thumped on the head. Treat it like a chump once they know you're scared. You never show fear or retreat. And that's why I admire the way the president approached this whole thing. I know he's taken a lot of flack from it, but through it all, uh, he's gone, uh, you know, one with, with, with the mask not evident at all, not wearing a mask, doing what he feels is necessary for him to remain healthy as an individual. Of course, under the supervision of his doctors. But the president has made the choices that he has wanted for himself as his own man. And friends, I don't know about you, but I admire that. I do. I do. I, I, I admire that more than I can possibly tell you. And so, um, I am looking forward to us now reopening our nation which should have never been closed for one simple reason I've said it on this show many a time I've tweeted it out I've texted it out follow me on Twitter at Rev R-E-V C-L Bryant at Rev C-L Bryant if the mask work then we should never have had to close 
any of the business, right? We should have never had to close any of the business if the mask actually work. And if the mask don't work, then there should never have been a reason for any of us to wear them, right? Of course not. <laughs> so, here we are caught betwixt and twin. What do we do? Well, I will say this. I will leave you with this. Get about three minutes left here on the show. And I cannot stress enough those who care nothing for any stripe that you may be in this country. They simply want to exploit your pain. Americans, hear me. Black Americans, hear me. Your pain has been exploited to the nth degree. And I don't know if it's a form of masochism or what. That black folks are experiencing these days. But we almost seem to enjoy the pain. Let me be honest with you. I don't get it. I don't get why we enjoy this kind of pain. We seem, there seem to be uh, liberals, uh, white, young white liberals coming out of the woodwork who want you to, who want to help you and show you how to enjoy the pain that they themselves are bestowing upon you. How can you not see that? They care nothing about black lives, period. They only see an opportunity to promote a visual. What was that? <laughs> uh, place I anyway. Um, they only want to promote a visual that will further divide and they only want to blame the president President Trump for something he has nothing whatsoever to do with nothing whatsoever to do with <laughs> and so there you have it a misplacement of faults and the reason why we are in such absolute disarray 
It's for the very reason they're wanting to rename army bases that have the names of Confederate generals. Absolutely stupid. You cannot duck and hide from history. Because if you do, you always replace it with a lie. It is the void is always filled when you replace the history. You always replace it with a lie. That's what the communist, socialist, liberals are wanting to do. It's just going to come to a point where you're going to have uh, schools and uh, places that are going to have to just take matters into their own hands, places that are set aside specifically for these types of things. And they're going to have to be defended. Do you know that? Because there are going to be people who want to launch assaults upon that land. Oh, what a tangled web we have weaved because we have deceived. Well, through it all, I want to thank God for the opportunity to be with you today. I want to thank him for the end of this day and the end of this show here today and being with us through it all, guiding our thoughts. I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL, and my heartfelt desire for all of you is that God will bless and keep you.